Today's episode is brought to you by Fretboard Biology, the comprehensive online guitar course put together by Joe Elliott. Now, Joe is not only a fantastic guitar player, he draws on his years of experience as the ex-head of guitar at the Guitar Institute of Technology and also at the McNally Smith Music College. Here's a few words from Joe about the course. If you're tired of wading through hundreds of random guitar videos and just want to become a better player, Fretboard Biology is your answer. Fretboard Biology is a self-paced, college-level program that will give you the right instruction, in the right amounts, and in the right order. You'll learn the same information I taught to thousands of other guitar players over 30 years of teaching in top music colleges. If you want to make real progress with your guitar playing, then sign up for a free 7-day trial at fretboardbiology.com. Hi there, you are listening to the Guitar Speak podcast. My name is Matt Wakeling and thank you so much for joining me for episode number 205. Now today I am going to attempt to merge a discussion on two of my favourite things in the world, indeed the galaxy I should say, and that is guitars and Star Wars. Now for many of us we think of music and Star Wars and of course the uh, amazing Uh, symphonic themes from John Williams pop up to mind. Of course they do, and rightly so. But there are also guitars in the galaxy far, far away. Today I am joined by Gabe Bott, a fantastic composer, musician, arranger, and one half of the Blast Points podcast team. Gabe joins me to talk about guitars in the cinematic releases, the increased use of guitar in some of the, the more recent streaming services, talk about cool Star Wars gear, Gabe's own compositions and arrangements, and other bands doing unique things with some of those musical themes that we all know and love. Now for me, this was a super fun conversation, and even if you are the most casual of Star Wars fans, I think you're going to find some stuff to enjoy. So let's jump straight into the conversation. Gabe Bott, welcome to the Guitar Speak podcast. Thanks for having me. Gabe, I'm super excited because we're going to talk lots of music and and guitar stuff, but you as one of the co-hosts of the Blast Points podcast, you are a bona fide Star Wars fan, um, Star Wars expert. And I love the Blast Points podcast. It's one of my favorite shows. And um, obviously, you guys love music and, and yourself, you're involved in lots of production as well. So it's cool for me. It's super cool fun to combine uh, the music and the Star Wars with a guitar flavor. So thank you for, for your time today. I'm really stoked. Oh, no problem. Yeah, this is great. Like I was saying, I don't usually get the opportunity to talk music and guitars and Star Wars all at the same time. So this is a pleasure for me as well. Oh, awesome. Awesome. Now, when we think of Star Wars music, of course, we're thinking of John John Williams and, and his amazing soundtrack, which, I mean, really, he's the fifth Beatle in, in all of this. Or maybe Ben Bird is as well. Maybe there's lots of fifth Beatles, but <laughs> um, John Williams is certainly massive in, in the Star Wars uh, galaxy and of course there's no guitars in that stuff it's all orchestral but with a little bit of digging there's there is some really cool guitar stuff obviously going on in Star Wars special effects but also in some of the more recent uh, productions through Disney Plus so can we start with special effects where have guitars been used in the Skywalker saga as as special effects well I think the most 
noticeable and most obvious one is in Attack of the Clones during the speeder chase yeah. in Coruscant. The sound effect for Zam Wessel's uh, spaceship, her little speeder, is just mostly a guitar. I'm sure there's some other things mixed in there, mm-hmm. but um, in uh, the Sounds of Star Wars book, uh, which is written by uh, J.W. Rinsler and, and Ben Burt, which is an excellent, excellent book if you're into Star Wars sound effects and audio. Uh-huh. Um, we've done a million episodes on the show yes. about that book yes. because there's so much information. Um, and yeah, and he goes into detail in there about um, one of his friends that he plays in a church band with, this guitarist named Dave Weaver. He had him make a bunch of sounds on the guitar and ended up using those to make the sound effect for that ship. That's cool. That's great. I never knew that. And I'm, my ears always like listening for guitar stuff. But until you guys pointed that out, I'm like, oh, yeah, of course. So it's kind of like a dive yeah. bomb with some extra processing going on yeah. there. Well, what's funny, too, is they kind of go into the the thought process, too, is like he says he's thinking the ship was kind of magnetic. So I think that kind of led him to thinking about, you know, magnetic pickups on a guitar and, the, and then picking up a string. So there's actually like kind of it's kind of deeper than just a cool sound. Yeah, yeah. Wow, that's awesome. That is really cool. Are there any other special effects that guitars have participated in? (sighs) Knowing the way Ben Burt operates, there probably are, but not that I know up off the top of the head. I mean, they're blended in with other things like a lot of the stuff. That's the real the real kind of star as far as guitar sounds. Yeah, yeah. uh, Is that is that sound effect. But the the funny thing that goes along with that is on the soundtrack for that part of the movie. In the actual film, it's just kind of orchestral stuff. But on the soundtrack album, there is some guitar soloing during that part as well. There's like some little, yeah, there's some little shredding little bits there that for whatever reason they took out of the movie, but it's on the soundtrack. So it's kind of like the score and the sound effects were both kind of being inspired by guitar at that point. Okay, okay. Oh, that's cool. I didn't know that. That's awesome. I'll be digging into that. Uh, after this interview, <laughs> I'll be checking that out. And um, and what a cool film! Obviously, Attack of the Clones. I know it's a big focus for Blast Points. It's Blast Points year, isn't it, for you guys? Yeah, basically, yeah. It's Attack of the Clones Attack year of the for Clone us, year, and we're sorry. doing one one Attack of the Clones episode each month. Yeah, to celebrate the twentieth anniversary of Attack of the Clones. Great man, so good, so good. <laughs> hey, Gabe, how about the use of guitar in some of the newer stuff on Disney Plus? Um. I'm thinking of the Mandalorian, also Visions. There's there's some cool guitar stuff going on there too. Yeah, Visions, especially um, oh, what's the episode called? The uh, Tatooine Rhapsody is pretty That's much it. the whole rock opera episode. Yeah. Has yeah. so much guitar, kind of like what uh, pop punk kind of stuff, which you wouldn't necessarily associate with Star Wars. Yeah, yeah. Um, but because they were able to kind of factor that right into the story with the if it being about a band in the star wars universe that they kind of made all of that work uh, which was really cool but then yeah if you get into mandalorian uh, it's really interesting with um ludwig gornson because he kind of mixes the guitar in uh in ways you wouldn't expect and the fact that just his workflow is kind of even when there's orchestral stuff or synth stuff or guitar stuff it all kind of gets processed and mixed together um, that he's able to make the guitar almost in a way a, a sound effect in music at the same time because it's it's not like there's continuous guitar through the through the score so when the guitar comes in it's kind of almost for effect at that point yeah i think he's been so successful in um 
forging a new sound for for Star Wars, but combining some obviously the Williams influences, but bringing in lots of new new sounds like electronic stuff, um, even the the giant uh, recorder in Mando. That's such yeah. what a cool <laughs> sound, man. Right. Yeah, there's that many people who can who can claim that they made the re- the bass recorder like the coolest <laughs> instrument in the world, yeah. and it kind of I mean it still is. It's like you hear that sound and it's so you know it's the Mandalorian. Like he kind of he picked an instrument that was kind of neglected by the world and yeah. made it a signature sound for the for the show. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. And um, obviously in the recent uh, book of Boba Fett, when when they dropped that that little uh, that little mel- fragment of melody. Uh, towards the end of the series, everyone's minds were blown because, yeah, instantly we know who who's yeah. coming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, the other thing I thought was really cool with with the with the Ludwig Göransson stuff too is I if you go back to the the Disney Gallery episode all on the soundtrack, yeah, um, that he's showing he has one of those old uh, what's it the Gibson like synth guitar? I think it's the Roland guitar synth. Yeah. Yes. Thank you. Yes. It was a Roland. Yeah. And, and the fact that he was kind of using that mm. to trigger synth sounds to yeah. get kind of this, you know, things you wouldn't think of doing necessarily maybe with a keyboard or with uh, all the modular gear he had, but, you know, going back to, to playing something kind of more organic on a guitar and yeah. then translating that to the synth too, was, was not something I would have expected in the star Wars soundtrack. Yeah. And, um, I, I had one of those guitars, but I didn't have the older big foot controller that I think Ludwig's, Ludwig's got. Um, and it was relatively early guitar synth technology, so it, it's not super perfect. It's it's quite glitchy. Um, but he's obviously embraced that and, and morphed that into his into his plan. That um yeah, that gallery episode is awesome. Yeah. I I I uh I'm jealous of his like his music space where he's just oh, got all yeah. his instruments and everything. I, that's uh, it's got to be nice uh, getting up in the morning and going to work in that space. Definitely, yeah. Definitely, there's a lot of toys to play with there. Yeah. Um, I don't know if there's as much guitar in Book of Boba Fett, but I think, am I right in saying the the musical composition was shared between Ludwig and, and some other guys? Yeah, with that. What was his name? Um, I actually have it. Yeah, Ludwig did the themes, like he wrote the main Boba theme, but the actual scoring of all the episodes was Joseph Shirley, who okay. is someone, I think he was an assistant on a lot of his other scores. Mm-hmm. But yeah, he came in and did a great job as well. And, and it's kind of cool with that show where it is kind of variations on those themes, but they were able to get, you know, a whole season's worth of music that was interesting and exciting, even though it was all kind of building off those, that initial Boba Fett theme and, and a little bit of the Mandalorian stuff. And then the fact at the end of the season, they threw in the the version with with vocals, just to, as icing on the cake in yes. the last episode. Yes. It was pretty great. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty killer. It's, um, it's a pretty good time to be a Star Wars fan. It's just in general, you know, outside of the music, just in general, there's so much cool stuff coming up. I'm going to be super interested to see what happens with Kenobi in terms of music because the the televised series, which have been going gangbusters for Disney, um, yeah, they've all had a new stamp on them in some ways whilst trying to uh, be respectful and connected, obviously, to the, the cinematic releases of the past. 
Yeah, that I'm very curious about that as well. Cause we kind of, even with the kind of mixing it up with Book of Boba, we kind of got used to the, the kind of Ludwig style yeah, yeah. kind of mix between orchestral with some, with some uh, electronic music mixed in. And it seems like Kenobi's most likely going to go in a different direction. Maybe it'll be more orchestral like the films, maybe something totally unexpected, but I don't know if they've even announced the composer yet that I can remember. Unless, do you know, did, have they said anything? I don't think not, so. Not that I've heard. I, mean, I could have missed it. There's a, there's a lot of, obviously we're about, I guess, five weeks out. So there's a lot of chatter going on right now, yeah. but yeah. I don't yeah. think I've seen the composer's name. Yeah. And you would, yeah, it's, you know, only, only Star Wars fans have to be, you know, less than, just over a month away from something and, and have absolutely no idea what we're in for. Like they're, they love to keep secrets now and yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, definitely ramps up the excitement, but you know, definitely it would be nice. It would be nice to know who's doing the, who's doing the music. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, back to, back to Boba Fett. I just remembered something as well. Um, musicians around the world were so excited to see Max Rebo was still alive and gigging uh, and working. Yeah. <laughs> He's he's the journeyman. He just reinvents himself for whatever gig he's he's doing the the pop stuff in in Return of the Jedi. He's he's uh he's classed up his act for for um the sanctuary in in uh, the Book of Boba Fett. He's um he's always working and pulling in musicians. <laughs> one of the um one of the first scenes we see him in in Boba Fett is uh, jamming on the Cantina song um, with a very Latin version of it, and there's a um, one of the cantina musicians doing a, a nylon string guitar part. That's that's kind of cool. Yeah, you know, and that, I'm glad you brought that up because when we were, you know, I was thinking about Star Wars guitar stuff. That one totally slipped my mind that it was there was the guitarist in that band now, kind of keeping that going. Yeah, this it was like it was almost like the elevator version of the cantina song. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I like like the idea that you know maybe. Max was more into you know hard jazz or something in his younger days, but now <laughs> yeah, yeah. he just got to pay the bills, so he's <laughs> whatever, whatever pays. Oh, every musician can relate, I'm sure. So that yeah. he, he does what he has to do. Um, Gabe, is is Max still alive? What's what's your take? I'm pretty sure he's still alive because when the when the club explodes, they don't show him, and uh, they make sure to, they show the band, but yeah. they don't show him. So I'm. I'm pretty confident that that he's still alive. I think people were too excited for him to be back for them to uh, take him away so so soon. <laughs> I think so too. I think that was quite deliberate. In fact, that's one of the first things I said when the whole place blew up. I said Max Rebo wasn't there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He pulled in some yeah, subs they, that night. They made sure to give us a little bit of a hint there that he's he's still alive somewhere. Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. Yeah, obviously the drumming. Was it an R four R four droid playing the drums? Uh, obviously, wasn't as lucky. No, no, or the uh, the Biff playing the the uh, clarinet or guitar. Those guys. Uh, yeah, yeah. Which they, I can't tell if that was a different guy or the same guy just switching instruments that night. But, uh, I don't think I don't think he I don't think he made it. <laughs> is the um so is that species the the canteen are they called Biffs? Did you just say? I believe it's Biff. Yeah. Okay. Okay, yeah. cool. I've often I could be wrong, but I think that's what they're called. Okay, awesome. That's so good. On on the Blast Points podcast, um, one of the cool things is there's lots of 
great arrangements, which you're responsible for, musical arrangements of, um, well, Star Wars themes, are the, the main theme, but also um, things like recently, the, the Dyad themes, which you released, both the, the Kylo and the, the Ray version. Um, so your own arrangements of, of some of these really cool, iconic pieces of music. Um, and your arrangements, of course, feature big walls of guitar and really cool uh, squelchy synths. What's uh, what's your musical background that you bring to the show? So in the specific case of Blast Points, a lot of that goes back to um, a band from, I think, the mid-90s called The Rentals, which I don't know if you're familiar with, which was like a side band um, of the bass player and drummer of Weezer. Oh, okay. No. Um, awesome. So they had an album that came out, yeah, in mid-90s, um, back when Jason, the co-host on Blast Points, and I were, were roommates in college. And that was uh, an album that we both really enjoyed, which was kind of that, you know, Weezer-style heavy guitars with Moog synthesizers over yeah. top, kind of a 90s take on uh, what Gary Newman was doing or uh, even maybe the Cars, something okay. like that. Yeah, yeah. So when we first started doing the podcast and wanted to have like, you know, intro, intro music, um, we kind of, we knew we wanted to do something with, with, with synthesizers. Cause we both kind of are fans of that, that type of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, Oh, I should just do it kind of in the style of this band, the rentals that we both like. And that was kind of where the, the intro music came from. Um, and at that point it's kind of become the blast points, style when doing you know different intros because we did a uh well i guess i did a similar thing for uh last year when we did uh, indie year for indiana jones uh-huh. a version of the indiana jones yes. theme yeah um yeah same sort of approach for the dyad stuff so that's kind of where that whole heavy guitar with synthesizer okay mashup kind of came from awesome awesome love it what how are you pulling those those big fat guitar sounds <laughs> well over the last couple of years, I've kind of figured out what I'm doing and have like a real guitar amp. So I think uh, some of the earlier stuff was, uh, oh man, I think I had a, uh, what did I have? Like a, what did I use on that? Now I have a a, a little orange, uh, the OR15 oh, yeah, yeah, head, nice. uh, which that's, I've been using on some of the newer stuff. I think I had a, uh, those like, the Tech 21 character series. Oh, yeah. yeah yep. You know, the, the little direct. Yeah, I had one of those that I used uh, kind of in the older days. Mm-hmm. Um, and then guitar wise, I have a couple Epiphones. I have an Epiphone uh, Les Paul, which is pretty cool. It's one of the, what are they called? ES? They're like the hollow body ones. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Nice. Uh, so they re-released those, I want to say, like five years ago. And but this was like a 2001, I think is when I got it. So okay. it looks like a Les Paul, but it's it weighs like two pounds. It's a, it's wow. a hollow body. It's pretty cool. Beautiful. Um, and then recently I got an Epiphone uh, SG that I use okay. as well. So those are kind of my main guitars that I've been using. Rocking. That's cool. And, and are you using the orange? Are you cranking the orange for the distortion? Yes. Yeah. And I have a, like a, what is that? The torpedo load box. Oh, okay. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So, you know, nice. it's not a very loud amp, but then, you know, you can crank that through the, through the load box Perfect. and then you can play it through an impulse response. So, I mean, I, 
have children, so I can't, you know, crank it loud late at night. So yeah. usually, yeah, going direct is yeah. the way to go. But it, it works. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. It sounds massive. Yeah, I can relate to the the at home jamming definitely. But um, yeah. yeah, it sounds big, and yet you're often double tracking hard left and right, which is a which is always fun. Um, what what are you doing for synth sounds? You mentioned those Moog style vintagey sounds. Yeah. So yeah, synth synth stuff is something I always been interested in and really didn't start um buying them i think until uh well blast points kind of gave me an excuse uh so the the early stuff i got the reissue of the arp odyssey that Korg put out a few years ago yep yep um so that's got you know it's not a moog but it's got it's in the it's in the it's in the ballpark um Mm -hmm. but since uh covid over the last few years i've kind of been slowly getting getting other synths so i have a uh a moog grandmother Nice. Uh, which is you know a newer moog but it definitely nails that kind of you know the older older uh almost modular moog sound uh-huh. yeah yeah uh so i use those two a lot and uh occasionally uh, i'll use a, a plug-in but it's mostly just those two mm-hmm. great oh sounds cool they sound super cool there's in in the podcast occasionally there's uh a few hints of some 80s metal there's some 80s metal references to some bands um (laughs) and most overtly uh for the boba uh the book of boba fett after show you rewrote rats body talk is that by rat have i got that right yeah that's right yeah and and you turned it into boba talk (laughs) yeah yeah that 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 was a lot of fun that rats is one of those bands i don't know I always liked them. I always liked that song and it just popped into my head. Hey, you know, Boba talk and rats got four letters and two T's Fat yes. has four letters and two T's. So it's like, it all, it all kind of went together. Um, and yeah, that's another thing I've done quite a bit for the show. And I think it's just cause as a kid, I listened to way too much weird Al Yankovic. So it's okay. like anytime we can kind of throw in a parody tune. Um, we've done that cause though we did the Boba talk, um, we did a, a episode on uh, we did an episode on General Hux. Yeah, um, and I did a kind of a cover of the Kiss song. Let's put the X in sex, but yes. we did let's put the X in Hux. So yes. another kind of cheesy eighties rock song. I like that. that. Uh, I like that. we both think is think think was worth it. Um, yeah. So just you know anything we can have fun with, and if it makes Jason and I laugh, then we do it, and hopefully other people you know one know what the heck we're referencing and to you know enjoy it so yeah. i think people do so definitely i reckon too there's probably a whole generation of listeners who don't know the origins but are just digging the songs anyway and then there's um perhaps you know listeners of my generation who who pick up the references and, and enjoy them on a couple of levels then good yeah at least at least you know if one other person enjoys it then it's worth it so, yeah no. so thank you <laughs> Were you, were you um were you an 80s metal guy like obviously some of these references are a little oblique so i'm guessing there's some, there was some it, what's deep funny listening. is so i was really into like thrash metal and death metal okay. when i was a kid so like when uh i think going back it's like you know as a younger kid i think maybe twisted sister uh yeah. kind of gave me the itch but um <laughs> was really into metallica megadeth overkill that kind of stuff then i got into uh like napalm death and morbid angel and the kind of early 
grindcore death metal stuff. That uh-huh. was kind of what I was into when I was younger, but I still would watch Headbangers Ball. So I knew all the, all the hair metal bands and stuff, you know, Poison, Winger, yeah. White Snake, all that stuff. I mean, it all kind of seeps into your blood. Um, but yeah, for whatever reason, like Rat was just one I always enjoyed. And then um, Kiss, I just, you know, I had some friends who were really into Kiss mm-hmm. and that kind of uh, got me kind of obsessed with Kiss as well. And that's a, another kind of uh, obsession that Jason and I share is just kind of the love of kiss and it kind of, I think kiss and star Wars kind of go together because they're both kind of products of the, you know, the mid seventies and the whole uh, marketing and merchandising yeah, and yeah. kind of the, there's a whole world outside of the, of the art. And, yes. and I think that's kind of something that, you know, blast points enjoys all that from the star Wars side of things and, you know, kiss just fits right in. So there's, you know, a lot of kiss, uh, overlap with uh blast points interests definitely definitely in the artwork that's a very obvious one and uh and and elsewhere I, I guess that ties into two one thing i love about your show is that you guys are serious star wars fans like you really really know your stuff but you embrace the craziness and the at times silliness of it where other perhaps some more serious fans will um lose their brain or you know <laughs> yeah you've destroyed the story of star wars you'll 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 embrace the crazy stuff so that larger than life kiss thing i mean that totally ties in with that yeah i like to think that you know we we talk about the stuff that we really enjoy like we honestly like we've i think we've talked about it on the show like if we weren't doing the show we would be calling each other and talking about the same stuff we're talking yeah. about on the show because yeah. <laughs> you know we live in different cities and in you know we got this crazy star wars stuff in our brains and we mm-hmm. have to talk to somebody about it and yeah. we, you know we, we want to talk so yeah it's it comes from a place of love it's just you know you can't help what you love and what you like and sometimes you just like weird stuff and yeah, you yeah. kind of got to embrace it you know yeah. or you drive yourself crazy so yeah we're just glad we can share it and there's other people that yeah kind of appreciate our take on things this episode is brought to you by fretboard biology a comprehensive online guitar course put together by joe elliott ex-head of guitar at the guitar institute of technology and the mcnally smith college of music I was one of the beta testers for the course and can say as a music educator, I was really impressed by the logical sequence of learning. The course has also been endorsed by players such as Brett Garson and Greg Cock. For more details, check out the links in our show notes. How about Star Wars inspired bands? Have, have you checked out any bands that take the music, I guess kind of in the way that you have and then make it their own? I mean, the, the one that sticks out to me and... Is, is Galactic Empire who do their metal versions of the themes and they dress up in the the costumes and and play and they've got they seem to have a really big presence uh, in that space. Are you aware of those guys or any other bands doing this stuff? Yeah, yeah. Galactic Empire is great. It kind of took me a while to warm up to them. I'll be honest because um, in 2007 I was trying to kind of start. A similar thing like I'm not as good a guitar player as, as the guitar players in, in uh, Galactic Empire but I started like doing some demos of like kind of like thrash metal Star uh-huh. Wars songs yeah yeah um and then I had my daughter was born and and life kind of happened and I never got back to it and then when you know I was glad to see somebody do that because the John Williams stuff 
is so perfect for metal. Like it's kind of crazy how metal John Williams really is yeah. when you, oh, yeah. you translate that stuff. Yes. Um, but yeah, once I kind of, you know, just started listening to it, I like, they do such a great job of, uh, of, of reinterpreting those songs. Um, so that's great. There was a band. Um, oh man, I only found this out re- maybe in the last five years, there was a band in the mid nineties called Nooth Grush. Uh-huh. It was just like a sludge metal <laughs> band. And they had a demo uh, called Kashik with star wars art and wow. song titles and they did uh, a real sludgy version of imperial march nice so that's kind of the i think the oldest you know, just like metal version i can think of but big fan of all the the miko stuff um like the, the star wars disco is one okay. everyone kind of knows from the original yeah yep. movie but uh his empire strikes back album has tons of guitar in it oh wow um it's a little more like because that, that came out in 1980, so it's starting to bring in the, like, early 80s rock sound with okay. a little bit of the disco beat. Yeah. So, you know, he does the Asteroid Field music with heavy guitars. I mean, nice. heavy for 1980, but yeah, it, it's got a lot of guitar in it. That's That's been a, a favorite of mine. Um, and then going back, uh, I think we've played clips of this on Blast Points a few times. There's a Japanese guitarist, uh, Masayoshi Takanaka who is like, I think he's like a surf guitar kind of guy. Okay. But he did a, a thing called Star Wars Samba in 78, which is like with a Samba version of the Star Wars theme with uh, with slide guitar. And there's a, there's a nice. I think a live version on YouTube and uh, an album version that's really great. So, I mean, Star Wars guitar rock kind of goes all the way back to, to, the, to the original, really. That's cool. That's cool. I'll, I'm going to have to chase up a lot of this stuff i'll leave some links in the show notes with with whatever i discover so if you're listening at home uh hopefully i can put some directions but this is awesome gabe this is gold you're uh you're unearthing (laughs) for us here yeah well the other great thing too if you look up uh masayoshi is i think his big thing is he has a guitar made out of a surfboard so it's literally a surfboard with a with a (laughs) hole where the neck is and he's like playing a surfboard i think that was like his big way to end concerts so there's there's videos of him uh, doing that that's really great that's always cool <laughs> I, I don't know if you're aware of um jude gold he's a guitar player currently in jefferson starship and uh he wrote for guitar player magazine for years amazing guitar player he um there's no recorded evidence of this but he had a band when he was younger called acd2 <laughs> that's great <laughs> the name says it all and it combined star wars stuff with ACDC. So he's telling me they they used to mash up the Cantina theme and Back in Black. Um, I would love to hear that. So, Judy, wow. Judy, yeah. if you're listening, get, dig out those demo tapes, man. The um, that would be great. well, yeah, that reminds me too. We didn't talk about too that there is kind of some of the some guitar rock crossover with Star Wars back from the the holiday special yes. with, uh, with Jefferson Starship too. I, I totally slipped my mind. <laughs> every That's... every Christmas I send you a little message, you know, when are you going to put Ride the Sky into the set list? Yeah. That's crazy. Um surely anyone 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 who's has stuck with this episode this far will know that the holiday special um and the hologram of of Jefferson Starship on the yeah. game board thing um yeah. amazing that's 
singing into the the pink lightsaber microphone. It's kind of perfect. Just disturbing to look at if you look at it too hard. Yeah, yeah, that that's special. Um, I I know <laughs> uh, we've all noted with interest. Disney Plus has not reissued or acquired the, all the rights to 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 release that. Um, obviously the 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 faithful Wookiee, the Boba Fett cartoon is is on Disney Plus, but nothing else from the holiday special. No, I I can. I'm optimistic someday, someday maybe we'll get it. But yeah, until then, there's always YouTube. There's always someone's got it up on YouTube. <laughs> hey, um, you mentioned the the surfboard guitar. There's been some cool Star Wars gear built over the years. There's heaps of guys who've just built stuff as one-offs or custom pieces like Millennium Falcon-shaped guitars and, and, and stuff like that. Are you aware of much of the production line? stuff that's come out over the years like fernandez had a whole series of things in the prequel era which were really cool yeah i remember the fernandez cars guitars when they came out Mm -hmm. um i don't think i ever saw one in person i don't think any of the music stores by me had one Uh, i remember looking at them in catalogs yeah um they're really cool i think at the time i was probably thinking the prequels are coming out. Why aren't there any like prequel characters on the guitars? Okay. But you know, I yep. get they were you know they were going with the original trilogy because there was the Darth Vader one, Stormtrooper, Boba yep. Fett. Actually, was Yoda on one? I think I think he was. Yep, I'm pretty sure. So he was. maybe that yeah. was their that was their their prequel one was a Yoda. Yeah, it did um, look like CGI Yoda on yeah on that guitar. Yeah, rather than puppet Yoda. Yeah, but yeah, those were those were cool, and you know, I. I get there's not probably a huge demand for that. You know, that was kind of a maybe a, a miracle that that happened, uh, but I'm glad it did. It was cool. And yeah. I know I've seen, you know, yeah, like you said, there's kind of one-off custom stuff over mm-hmm. the years, but I don't, do you know of any other ones that were kind of officially the released? The only ones that, that stick out to me, Fernandez also had the Zoe guitars, so the, the little travel guitars from the same range, and they were uh, a bit more affordable, and I think they had very similar graphics. There might have been an R2-D2 one as well. There are these really little guitars. Zoe, uh, apparently it's Japanese for elephant. These guitars look like a little elephant shape, and they're very small, so... So they're kind of cool. I see, I see them popping up on like Reverb and some of the Japanese auction sites um, from time to time. They're they're pretty expensive. They've they've gained value over the twenty odd years. I know PV have released some guitars, also Marvel graphic guitars. PV have done some of. Again, this is a few years ago, and I don't think they're doing them anymore. Yeah, I think the were those travel guitars. Those are the ones where they had like a speaker built into yes. them right yeah 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 the one. yeah so now that you're talking about that i'm remembering those and it's kind of like i think because there was some similarity in the graphics it's kind of like in my mind which one am i looking at because i want to say there was like the boba fett for both versions and and some of them were maybe exactly the same maybe formatted differently for the size the size yeah yeah but yeah cool Cool, cool stuff. Um, I'm seeing lots of pedal builders these days incorporating some Star Wars graphics. Have you seen the hand torn? I have. I have. <laughs> I've I've looked at that lots of times, and I think maybe I should get that because <laughs> I don't have like a 
what is it? The clone, the clone style yeah. overdrive pedal. I don't have one of those. So mm-hmm. I'm like, Oh, you know, maybe I need one. And that's, you know, just, is just such a clever design too, where it's like, it's a, you know, it's a centaur, but it's Han on the top and Tauntaun yeah. on the bottom. Like it's, it's Perfect. too good of an idea. That it is I, too good. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Maybe, t- maybe tonight I'll go order one. I don't know. <laughs> It is really a, a great idea. They also have the uh, what the no moon pedal too. I don't know if you've seen that. No, which is, has the de- it's it's a it's a crazy pedal. It has a uh, tube screener, tube screamer, a rat, and a muff. Nice. All in one pedal. They all run in parallel, not in series. Oh, okay, okay. And and the the graphic is like a the cycles of the moon, but it's a Death Star. So and it's just called No Moon. So that one looks pretty good as well. If you uh, if you need all those pedals in, in oh, one in one enclosure in parallel, that would that would destroy small planets, surely. Yeah, uh. <laughs> that's great. There's there's so much fun. I've seen other ones with just graphics. So I've seen pedals with you know like stormtroopers on them. I I, I always think the JHS three series that the, the new series they're all white mm-hmm, I, mm-hmm. I, they you could just whack a stormtrooper sticker on any of those they would look cool they've got all that blank yeah. space yeah i'm kind of surprised they don't have some sort of star wars similar thing because their their names are always kind of so tongue-in-cheek too you would think with the that they would catch yeah. the, the white stormtrooper thing and yeah and have something but yeah yeah oh that's cool that's cool so much so much fun with all this stuff Awesome. Gabe, it's been so fun speaking with you. Is there um, anything coming up on Blast Points or any music you're working on? Anything you want to tell us about? Um, music? I, I mean, someday I'll probably do some original music, but mm-hmm. <laughs> I just need to find the time, yeah, which yeah. I'm sure people can relate to. Yeah. Um, but Blast Point stuff, yeah, we're doing our uh, monthly Attack of the Clones stuff, mm-hmm. uh, Star Wars Celebration, which if you're just a guitar person and not a Star Wars person, is the big every few years Star Wars convention that they have uh, different places in the country that's going to be in California this year. We're going to be at that, um, right, great. absorbing all the Star Wars-ness and, you know, talking to people and hanging out. Um, and yeah, if you like star wars definitely check out our podcast blast points uh we have a website blastpointspodcast.com uh we're on instagram twitter facebook all that stuff uh if you just search for blast points podcast you'll you'll find us great great and i'll add some links as well but yeah you guys are easy to find and yes for star wars fans it's such a good show such a fun show but lots of depth as well so again you guys balance that both sides of the force very well and i really appreciate it well, Gabe, it's been so fun talking about this, so fun linking uh, the guitar with Star Wars. You know, like we said at the front, maybe not an obvious link, but if you dig a little bit, even not very far, there's heaps of cool stuff, and it's been so fun looking at all this stuff with you today. So thank you so much for joining me today. Oh, no problem. It's my pleasure. All right, there you go. Gabe Bot talking Star Wars and guitars. That was heaps of fun. I love that. Hope you enjoyed the conversation too. Hey, a couple of things to reflect on from the interview. When Gabe said he'll be at Star Wars Celebration, what he means is that he and Jason Gibner, the other co-host of Blast Points, they're actually presenting a panel there, which is massive, which is a huge big deal in Star Wars land. Uh, also, the Kenobi series has just released 
So when we were speaking, we didn't know who the composer was, but we've since found out it is Natalie Holt is writing the score, which is amazing. I just saw the new episodes. And John Williams himself composed a theme, the Obi-Wan Kenobi theme, which is, of course, integrated into those episodes too. So that's kind of cool. A couple of bonus details there for you. All right, thank you so much for joining me. My thanks to Fretboard Biology for partnering with this show for so long now. I love those guys. Thanks to Joe and Todd out there at Fretboard Biology. Please check out the links in the show notes. And uh, yeah, you can check out any of our other 204 previous episodes on the Guitar Speak podcast. We're on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get pods. If you haven't subscribed, uh, please add us to your favorite pod list and you'll get these episodes dropped into your pod player for free every time we release one. All right, time for me to go, but of course I want to leave you I want to leave you with the words of wisdom from Michael Schenker from UFO and the Scorpions because he once told me, Keep rocking, keep on rocking. Hey, keep on rocking indeed. And may the force be with you. <laughs>